Hello and welcome to another episode of Second Hand Stories. This is a place where I tell you stories. What kind? Well, histories, mysteries and unbelievable stories. Russia declared war on Ukraine on 24th February 2022. After days of fighting things only got worse. Ukraine puts up a stiff resistance and uh, the EU starts putting sanctions on Russia. The sanctions were tough and it starts backing Russia into a corner. Now this is obviously not a good situation because backed into the corner the president of Russia Vladimir Putin on 27th February 2022 he makes this declaration. He asks the nuclear deterrent committee to be on high alert. and just like that the world was on the brink of nuclear war once again now this is bad bad news now i'm sure all of you know how terrible nuclear war can be however it still bears repeating just so that we know what the stakes of all these stories are a nuclear bomb is a deadly thing it is a terrible terrible catastrophic thing a single bomb can wipe out hundreds and thousands of lives and that's just the bomb itself after that there are deaths that come because of the shock waves the radiation and the burns this is a single bomb now imagine if there was a global nuclear war hundreds and thousands of bombs would be dropped across the globe and it would lead instantly to hundreds of millions of deaths and this is not including what happens after because once you drop these nuclear bombs there comes a thing called the nuclear winter here's what that is when these bombs are dropped incredible amounts of smoke is produced uh, the smoke rises up and it goes to about 20 to 50 miles into the atmosphere now this is a place where it does not rain therefore the smoke remains there and within 2 weeks it will cover the entire earth when it does that sunlight becomes diffuse and when sunlight becomes diffuse crops fail the world has only a limited supply of food for the population once that gets over billions of people die through starvation all of this is to say that the best case scenario of a global nuclear war is that civilization ends as we know it the worst case scenario is that humanity ends and you would imagine that if there were weapons that were capable of such widespread devastation such catastrophe you would imagine that they were kept with the utmost security that there was no room for accident there was no room for mistakes but you would be wrong because since the world first had a bomb dropped on it there have been 22 times that we have come close to a nuclear bomb going off these are some of the stories where the world almost ended A lot of these stories are going to be confined to the conflict between America and Russia because they had something uh, um, a minor tiff known as the Cold War which started in 1947 and went all the way to 1989 these were two large superpowers 
nuclear powers and they were at war with each other many times during this conflict the world came on the brink of nuclear disaster and here are some of those stories our first misadventure takes place on 5th november 1956 this takes place during the suez canal crisis now here's what this crisis was the suez canal is near egypt and egypt had decided to nationalize the company that had worked on this canal it was the suez canal company now when they decided to nationalize it and they did it because they would want the funds that came from the running of the canal when they did this it upset britain and france because it was british and french shareholders who were part of the suez canal company now when this happens britain and france decide that they are going to invade this section of the country and take it over they are going to fight egypt for it but they decided that they would collude with israel here's how the plan would work they would get israel to attack the canal first and then they would swoop in as a peacekeeping force and then take control of the canal that was the idea and they tried to execute it but eventually the world found out about this plan so though britain and france succeeded in getting control of the canal there was massive international fallout a lot of countries were dragged into this conflict and the soviet union was one of them the soviet union sided very firmly with egypt they felt that egypt had been wronged and because of this they started getting aggressive with britain and france to the point where they threatened them with nuclear missiles now it's with the backdrop of this conflict that you must understand what happened next on 5th november 1956 an organization called norad which is the north american aerospace defense command they get a flurry of reports there are four reports that come in of four different activities that all seem extremely suspicious and terribly threatening here are the things that they hear about the first thing they hear about is that there is a soviet mig fighter that is flying over syria the second thing they realize is that a british bomber has gone down the third thing they realize is that the russian black sea fleet is doing something extremely suspicious in the water and the fourth thing they realize is that there is an unidentified aircraft in turkey all of these events put together were extremely worrying to norad and they were put on high alert they immediately activate all their nuclear weapons and they are on the ready the world was this close to its starting but then thankfully someone at norad decided to look more closely at these events and here's what they found the soviet mig fighter that was flying over syria was a military escort plane that was accompanying the president of syria who had visited moscow and he was heading back home the british bomber that had gone down had gone down because of mechanical failure the russian black sea fleet was performing a scheduled drill and the fourth thing that had happened which was the unidentified aircraft over turkey well 
that turned out to be a flock of geese. The world nearly ended because of a flock of geese. That's the kind of tragic ridiculousness that we're dealing with here. And it would not be the last time that an animal would lead to the end of humanity. But we'll come to that later. The second story begins on March 11th, 1958. Now this day was a truly unexceptional day for a family living in America. The family were called the Greggs. The Gregg family had five members. It was the mother, the father and three kids. Now of the three kids, there was one son and two daughters. And on this day, they also had a cousin of the kids visiting home. Now this truly unexceptional day was going on, on March 11th, 1958. Uh, on this day, the mother was sewing in the house. The father and the son were in the tool shed. The two girls and their cousin were playing out in the yard. And while playing, they happened to stray about 200 yards away from the yard. And that's when a bomb dropped. This bomb drops onto the house of the Greggs and on impact, it creates a massive crater. It's a crater that is 50 feet in radius and 35 feet in depth. And miraculously, not a single person from the Gregg household lost their lives. Here's what had happened. On that day, there was a plane that was conducting a drill where they were seeing if they could transport a nuclear weapon. And it so happened that on this plane, there was a pin that was faulty. And because this pin was faulty, the bomb had dropped from the plane and it had dropped on a house. The one piece of silver lining in this story is the fact that they had made this bomb safe for transport. What that means is that the radioactive component of this bomb had been taken out and it was being transported by another plane. Which is why when this bomb dropped, it obviously had a terrible impact, but it did not lead to nuclear fallout. And that was extremely lucky. So. That is the story of the only bomb to have ever been dropped on the United States and the family that survived it. The next story that we come to takes place during the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Cuban Missile Crisis happened because Cuba had been seized by rebel forces who were led by Fidel Castro. Now these rebels were communists and they had made Cuba a communist country. Now this did not sit well with the United States which is why they had tried their best to topple Fidel Castro. And there was one very unsuccessful attempt that was made, which was called the Bay of Pigs invasion. Now, when this invasion happened, Cuba got extremely worried and they reached out to the Soviet Union and they requested them to put nuclear warheads on Cuba so that they could protect themselves if the United States tried something like this again. When these missiles were placed on Cuba, the world got closer to widespread nuclear disaster. Tensions were running high on both sides of the conflict and the instructions to troops were that nuclear war was imminent. Now, keeping all of this in mind, here's what happens. It's around midnight on 25th October 
1962 and at a base called the Duluth Sector Direction Center a guard is keeping watch and while he's on his watch he sees a shadowy figure climbing over the fence he immediately fires at this intruder and then he sounds the alarm now this alarm was connected to other bases and alarms go off on those bases too there was a base that was nearby which is called walk field in wisconsin and when the alarm goes off here the problem was that it was a faulty alarm on this base the wrong alarm sounded the sound that the people on this base heard was the sound that would have been played if nuclear war had begun the instructions for the pilots at walkfield was that if you hear this sound you have to get into your planes which are loaded with nuclear bombs and you have to take off the pilots hear this sound and immediately they scramble onto their jets they're getting ready to take off now it's at this point that the base commander of walkfield decides to check on this again he calls up duluth and that's when he finds out who this intruder really was and when he finds this out he knows he has to stop these planes the planes are getting loaded they're about to take off they're reaching the runway and once these planes take off it's over nuclear armageddon is going to begin now that's when a truck careens onto the runway and races towards these planes flashing its headlights frantically and it managed to get the attention of the pilots who stopped these planes and just in time because that's when the pilots hear the truth about this invader this intruder wasn't a russian spy or a super soldier this intruder was a bear we came close again to everything ending because of an animal like i said the cold war was hard on both sides on both sides of the conflict the us and the soviet union were equally paranoid the next incident that takes place takes place a mere 2 days after the bear almost ended the world and here's what happens on 27th october 1962 there are three submarines russian soviet submarines that are near cuba now the submarines spot us destroyers in the water and which is why they decide to dive deeper they are extremely deep in the water for a few days and because they're so deep they cannot get in contact with moscow again the people on the submarine have been highly strung and they've been told that nuclear war is imminent now a us ship notices this submarine and they drop two warning depth charges these charges are dropped on either side of the submarine and they blow up now the idea of these depth charges is to signal to the submarine to rise to the surface when these depth charges explode panic begins on this b59 submarine the commander of the submarine is extremely paranoid and he believes that nuclear war has begun on this submarine there is a 10 kiloton nuclear torpedo and the commander wishes to unleash this 
on the American ships. The crew of the submarine had been instructed by the Soviets that they could fire this torpedo at their discretion. The only caveat was that they needed three people to agree that this bomb could be let out. The commander of the ship is insistent that they deploy this torpedo. The political officer who's on the submarine also agrees with the commander. The third and final vote rests with the chief of the flotilla of these three submarines. He's a man called Vasily Arkhipov. And he is trusted with this last and final vote. If he says yes, then this torpedo will be released. Imagine what it's like to be in this situation. There is the fog of war hanging over your head. There is the paranoia that is now become a part of this submarine. There is the claustrophobia that you are experiencing by being on this submarine. And there is the temperature that's extremely hot. Now, in this situation, you have to make the right decision. Vasily Arkhipov looks at everything and tries to make sense of it. He realizes that these two shots that they heard were probably warning depth charges. They were put on either side of the submarine and he realizes that this isn't aggression, this is a warning. And because of this, he tries to calm the captain down. He's able to succeed and he doesn't say yes to that final vote. The submarine eventually rises to the surface where they make contact with Moscow and then they find out that nothing is, has happened. That war is not taking place. And because of Vasily Arkhipov's decision, war doesn't take place. The Russian submarine is able to reach back home. You can imagine how difficult these decisions are and how the world is often saved by one person keeping their head when everybody else is losing theirs. And our next story is very similar. Our next story takes place on 26th September 1983. In front of Lieutenant Colonel Stanislav Petrov, there is a computer screen. And suddenly this computer screen has come to life. On it, written in large red letters, is the word LAUNCH. Lieutenant Colonel Stanislav Petrov is the duty officer and he's monitoring the Soviet Union's missile attack early warning system. This was put in place to inform the Soviets if the United States launched nuclear warheads at them. At this point in time, the computer is telling him that there is a missile headed straight for the Soviet Union. He is watching the screen when suddenly the screen tells him that there is another nuclear warhead and then another and another and another. Eventually there are five missiles that the computer detects that are heading straight for the Soviet Union. Stanislav Petrov's job was to monitor the system and if he detected any uh, missiles that were headed towards the Soviet Union, his job was to pick up the phone and call his supervisors. Now he has a decision to make. The system is telling him that it is a very high probability event. And there was good reason for Stanislav Petrov to believe the system. 
because here's what had happened leading up to this event. In 1981, the United States had elected Ronald Reagan as their president. Ronald Reagan took a very hard line against the Soviet Union and relationships between the countries had soured. In addition, the US had moved missiles closer to the Soviet Union. So the Soviet Union was getting more and more paranoid that Ronald Reagan could attack their country and if that happened, then they had to be on the ready. Now, there was one other very unfortunate thing that took place just days before Stanislav Petrov's computer screen came to life. Here's what had happened. On 1st September 1983, a South Korean commercial flight had strayed into Soviet airspace. And because of that, the Soviet military had shot it down. 269 people perished in that flight. Amongst them were several Americans. The Soviets felt that there could be a retaliation from the United States at any given point. Then, just days later, Stanislav Petrov sees missiles. He knows that he has to make that call. He's sitting in front of his screen. He sees those big red letters saying launch. Around him, a siren is howling. He freezes, just like you or me would have done in that situation. Seconds tick by. He has to make that phone call. But something doesn't seem right to Stanislav Petrov. Here's what was bothering him. He felt that if the United States was to attack the Soviet Union, why would they send only five missiles? If there was to be an attack that would finish the Soviet Union, it would be in hundreds and thousands of nuclear warheads heading towards the country. The second thing is he cross-references his data. There were other experts along with Stanislav Petrov who were monitoring the American missile program. So he calls the satellite radar experts and they tell him that they haven't detected any missiles. And the third thing he relies on is his own instinct. It's a 50-50 chance. He doesn't know what could happen, but he feels it's more likely that this is a false alarm. In his position, a lot of people, including me, might have called our superiors and said, Sir, I don't know what's happening. Have a look. But Stanislav Petrov knew that if he made that call, then the protocol in Russia was this, that if the computer said that there was a high probability of an attack, they would launch a counterattack in an event known as mutually assured destruction. The leadership at the highest echelons of the Soviet Union were extremely agitated and they would have pressed the button. Imagine being in his situation. Imagine having the lives of your countrymen and the future of the world in your hands. And imagine having just a few minutes to make that decision. You can imagine how time must have slowed down, how his heart rate must have gone up, how sweat must have poured down his face, his hands must have shaken, thoughts must have been racing. And that's when he decides he's not going to make that phone call. 
The next few minutes were the longest few minutes of Stanislav Petrov's life. He waits. He waits to be proven right or to be responsible for the doom of his country. And then 25 minutes later nothing happens. There is no explosion. There is no detonation. There is no mushroom cloud over the Soviet Union. What Stanislav Petrov had seen had been a false alarm. It would later be revealed that there was a defective Russian satellite that had detected the sun's rays over clouds to be American missiles. The world could have ended literally because of the silver lining of a cloud. And there is nothing more ironic than that. The hope is that the world is filled with people like Vasily Arkhipov and Stanislav Petrov. People who are able to overcome their own panic and choose peace when the time comes. That is the hope. But as long as there are nuclear warheads, there is always the chance of disaster. It may not be because of aggression. It might be because of accident. There is the lunacy of leaders to navigate and then there is the clumsiness that just comes with being human beings. We have godlike technology but we have the wisdom of apes. And as long as these nuclear weapons exist, we will always be under threat. The hope is one day we will see a world without them. But until then, fingers crossed. So that's the story. Do drop a like and a comment. If there are other nuclear disasters that you'd like me to prevent, then also leave them in the comments below. I'm doing a lot of shows this March and if you happen to live in Jodhpur, Ajmer, Jaipur or Delhi, then do check the description uh, for shows I'll be doing this month. I'm going to be performing alongside fellow comedian, friend and philosopher Puneet Panya. So do come out for those shows. It's going to be a lot of fun. That is it from this story. Until next time, bye-bye.